When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode number 301 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the laughing Nick Pollock. Nick, how are you doing today? What is happening? I'm not really laughing that much, I guess. I don't know. Life what, is what were you so you laughed? You laughed when I said, what is up? What, what, yeah, it was what, what, so sharp. So, it, like, it's gonna, so sharp. I'm going to have to. It's going to scare people. It, maybe. Yeah. Oh it wow! So now you're putting fast. now you're putting reins on my enthusiasm. This is unbelievable. <laughs> the man who used to make me chug iced coffees before each of the podcasts. And it was we were all better for it. Yeah, that's true. Now it's too much. Now I need to go to decaf. Um, we just came off of what was another incredibly successful and amazing and fun pitch con, and I think the man himself who ran the marathon because that's what you did should should take a little time to talk about it because it really was something and it was a marathon i mean it was it was a wonderful time though i i i like to joke that we started PitchCon because i just wanted to enjoy an event of four days of all these smart sure. people coming together and yeah that was that was super super fun thank you all that are listening now that watched and contributed to it we we raised ten thousand dollars that was our goal half of that is going straight to feeding america um, y'all are the best for being a part of it. A huge, huge thank you to all of our speakers for taking the time, not only just to to donate their time for this, but also actually the prizes that 35 people won, including a PL Plus lifetime subscription, which is really cool. Huge shout out to Tyler Hatenga who put together that PitchCon site. You know, no more go.rallyup.com. Mm-hmm. Actually, pitchlist.com slash pitchcon, the entire event was there, and that's a really, really cool thing. So, yeah, we did it. It was great. It's going to all be on YouTube uh, later this week. So if you missed any panels, you can go and watch them there. Not to mention you can watch all their years, too. 2020 and 2021 are also on YouTube. So definitely check them out. And we did something cool at the very end. I'm not talking about the NABs. I'm not talking about the Nick and Alex (laughs) baseball show. I'm talking about finally I can actually not talk in riddles anymore. Mm. I can tell you what PL7 is as it launches next Tuesday. February it's unreal. 8th. It's Statcast, um, man. All of the pages is just Statcast. Yeah, that video. If you haven't seen that release video, that video still gives me shivers every time I take a look at it. It's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool to have our name next to Statcast, right? And uh, Doc Kratzer helped make that, which is amazing. Um, Justin Redler made that animation of PL Seven, which looks so good. But seriously, I, I mean, this is amazing. I've been going through the site recently too. We have all StatCast data. We have our, our, our player pages that are just improved from last year. It's going to look familiar, but just way better. We have our own version of StatCast sliders, which instead of just the percentiles are the actual rank of the pitch. And all league averages, as MLB averages for every single stat, is on there with just a toggle. So mm-hmm. you can get familiar with every stat. Do you know the spin rate of a cutter? Well, now you do. It's kind of crazy, and I cannot wait for everybody to try this out next week. It is gorgeous. Now, we also technically, technically have 13 days until pitchers and catchers report. Oh, yeah, no. Probably, probably not going to happen, but uh, it, yeah, there it is, is a, what uh, it is. A splash of cold water this morning with Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich on, uh, on The Athletic, which is not fun to read. Mm. Uh, but I still have hope that we'll have opening day on time. Yeah, I have hope. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta have hope, man. You, gotta you do, things, right? You do. You yeah. gotta have it, but it's gonna hurt uh, <laughs> when we don't. Well, uh, guess what? We're not delaying our launch, so you can then peruse all of our wonderful player pages, and leaderboards, and team pages, and new home page, and the plus pitch podcast that I'm going to be putting out as well, and all that fun stuff, all at Pitcherless starting next week. 
There are there's also actually legitimate news. There's legitimate baseball news outside what? of the CBA to talk about, believe it or not. It's like I think everyone also probably just had special focus on this news because it was the only real morsel of legitimate non-NRI minor league deal news that we've had, which was Mitch Keller hitting 100 miles an hour on the gun, right? And I wanted to – you talked about it a little bit. We talked about it a little bit during NABs, during the Nick and Alex baseball show. Uh, but now we can actually analyze this from a fantasy perspective. I, 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 I want to start by saying I'm not sold that usually a guy who is perpetually injured – now throwing a hundred who already had command issues. It doesn't all add up to me of oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm well, not sold now either. well, no, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm just giving my yeah. perspective and I'll, th- I'll yeah, throw it to you yeah. for yours. But my, my perspective is I'm, I'm not sold. So, but yours is the exact same. You're saying, I mean, it, it's the reason I, I put out a tweet being like, Hey, I, I think we can both agree. Our favorite thing, you know, being, be excited about Taylor Widener. Right. Mm. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and right, but the reason we were excited wasn't that we thought he was like a tough 200 guy then, is that we were thinking, oh, this is someone that no one cared about, like 1% mm-hmm. roster ship or whatever, that might actually be worth something. Yeah. Uh, and to see that Mitch Keller was going around 650, like kind of like Tyler Beatty in this way, of just completely forgot about, oh, he has a 10% walk rate now, his command is terrible, he's done. Even though Mitch Keller had sub 10% walk rates for a long time in the minors and when he initially came up and had his bad luck in 2019 and then 2020 was terrible and that was it, you mm-hmm. know, all of a sudden this guy's throwing two ticks harder. And I mean, it, it wasn't just 100, it was 100.9, or as I stupidly said, 109, which I still think is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's really significant. Sure, they weren't well commanded, but it, there's something to be said about having a new ability in some way that at least gets you thinking if things go right there could be something that's something we weren't really considering for mitch keller before so yeah yeah, he's turned into this super late flyer for uh you know my for nfbc like maybe the last pick now in tgfbi at 450 as opposed to just completely forgetting it Mm -hmm. i which why not like that if you throw 100, 101, like you can acknowledge the upside of that. And if you really need to find something else, like I'm sure you can find it. Uh, but don't, yeah, in 12 teamers, I'm not drafting Mitch Keller. So, well, okay. Well, hold on. Before you commit to that, uh, obviously, one of the to. one of the biggest things you, you'll preach is, during the season is what's their first start, right? What's their first start? Is yeah. it interesting? Uh, he's likely going to wait. That's not right. <laughs> well, to... I'll say this: there are going to be reports of Keller in spring training whenever that happens. I will be at least yeah, focusing on he... that and seeing not only is the velocity there, but is he walking guys at all? They don't even have him projected in their starting five. No, which they is don't. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's right. Do you know who their ace is? It's Coffee Cakes. Yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, these are SP two. He's their SP2, according to roster resource. Who's their their ace, according to roster resource? It's not coffee cakes? No, he's according to roster resource. So we obviously take this with a heavy grain of salt. But oh, just yeah, for yeah, a little I know fun. Yeah, 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 I remember now. It's Jose Quintana. It's Jose Quintana. Yeah. Jose Quintana. <laughs> if Mitch Keller is not cracking that rotation. But with that said, let's just play a fun hypothetical. They would theoretically either, let's say, he would start against the Cardinals or the Reds. If you had to choose today, if you were doing your sit or start today. No, you're sitting. You're sitting. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, No, again, it's just, look, remember that Mitch Keller exists and every single year there are these weird guys that just do things and we go, oh, I guess you're good now. Mm. And maybe Mitch Keller is. We didn't care about Oscar Reno in the slightest. Yeah. And then he was throwing two ticks harder and and then the slider had two amazing months. Right. Yeah. I mean, just just don't forget. That's all. That's the other thing, too. Like, I don't I don't. I, I was talking with you about this and then wanted to make sure I remember uh, there's that great article about like when uh, the, the two ticks really matters. And if it's like going from like 90, like three to 95 or 96, like that's huge. Right. Like I also like, am just, I mean, obviously a hundred is great, but I'm not as blown away between 98 and hundred. And yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. No, I think, you know, really made a point of like 91 to 94 doesn't really matter. Yeah. But 94 to 96, that's, oh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. 
98 to 100, you're probably still not catching yeah. up to it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're going to move into what the bulk of today's podcast is going to be about, which is just a little game of would you rather. Okay. So I've organized what is this like two, four, six, eight, eight different would you rathers. All of this is based on January ADP. So for the month okay. of January, okay, yeah. uh, which was over 100 drafts. So a fairly significant sample size reflecting, you know, what is most likely the most up to date data from the NFBC. And I'm going to tell the I'm going to say the t- names of the two pitchers. I'm going to say the <laughs> pick that they're going overall and what pitcher off the board they are what are you laughing at over here uh well it sounds like you said something else there and i'm just okay um, yeah i can't all right fair enough sometimes i'll yeah. i'll breeze through it because i didn't know what it was um <laughs> th- when i say pitcher overall too relief pitchers are included in this okay so remember mm-hmm. th- there's there's that caveat to think of but we're just going to do a little would you rather some of them are guys that are pretty close in adp some of them are guys that are a few rounds off in adp um, but we're going to start with this one, which I actually think could be a little bit more difficult than I originally had thought. And that is Shane Bieber, 32nd overall, ninth pitcher off the board versus Julio Arias, 36th overall and 12th pitcher. Off yeah, the board. I'm really surprised. Uh, Who would you rather, I would, Nick? I would much rather have Julio Arias. Much rather. Much rather. Yeah. Really? We, we have a much rather on the scale here. <laughs> well, to me, there so, are two different tiers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, walk us through walk us through this decision a little bit about how we get to a much rather. Much rather. I well, okay. So there I'll start with Bieber. I I yes, I am spooked by those two starts at the end of the year. I know maybe I'm probably reading too much into it. I can't help it. It's two ticks below his is velocity and the command was whack. <laughs> it wasn't good. And in some ways that has reinforced it. It seemed like Pablo Lopez come back and throw harder in from his rotator cuff injury and say like, it's not just a necessity or something like guys can come back and throw hard. Like it doesn't mean that they're soft and Bieber had three innings in each of them just did not look the same. I watched every single pitch of both of those games and he was not him. We mm-hmm. had some concerns at the beginning of the year about, um, about the uh, about his whipping over 120 um, with his fastball not performing so well and sticky stuff being a big problem with him. We never really saw him post six sticky stuff because he got injured right before the ban. Sure. Uh, and then he came back and he wasn't the same. He was still kind of figuring that out. Um, VAR, VAA rather. Alex Chamberlain's great presentation during pitch con. I think he enforces this even more, showcasing, yeah, Bieber's fastball isn't that great. That is vertical mm-hmm. approach angle. And kind of saying, that, hey, when you're throwing fastballs in the zone and where you throw them, essentially the angle that you're releasing it is making them more effective or less effective. Uh, and Shane Bieber's fastball comes in at a certain angle that isn't very good and is more hittable than you'd like, which it, which lines up with everything we know about Shane Bieber, about mm-hmm. his fastball being hittable. It's just the two secondaries, the slider and the curveball that are that good, right? So overall for me i think the assumption that shane bieber is going to be his opening 2021 self and 2020 self again uh 2020 self again in 2022 i think that's too much of a leap for me with shane bieber um i think those signs were uh, you don't just do that for like ah whatever on a whim i'll throw 90 91 all of a sudden yeah uh and then and have worse command um while Julio Urias just, I understand he went 200 innings, the workload. That's the biggest negative, I think, about Julio Urias is the Dodgers just pushed him in 200 innings, including the postseason. Are yeah, they including the postseason. Allow Urias yeah. to go 170, 180 again. And yeah. I say yes, because it's Bueller and Urias right now. Maybe they even re- resign Kershaw. They still need him for first three because it's Heaney, Gonsolin, Price at the end there for their final two spots. And yeah, no, they need to save the bullpen for those guys, not for Urias. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Urias has an amazing breaking ball now. Um, it's change, which I actually wasn't liking in season. No, that actually became a really good strike pitch and got a ton of outs for him. Um, and the fastball plays super well at the top of the zone. Good VAA, right? Good vertical approach angle. So I'm liking everything that Urias brings to the table here. I think he's kind of found his groove. He's never really been bad anyway. Yeah, uh, we've been waiting for him just to get the volume. He finally got the volume, and why wouldn't that stick around? There is obviously the shoulder pass or the labrum pass, uh, past of Urias. So maybe you're saying like, oh, Bieber was just injured and he'll be healthy. While Urias was healthy, now he'll be injured. 
fair if you want to do that. I'm going to go with a guy that just did it without a hitch and hoping that it continues on with Arias. Arias, so uh, for you, Arias is a guy that can be a legit SP1 on your fantasy squad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not I'm not digging as much into the final two starts for Bieber. I mean, I also think it's Ronick. Here we are talking about one earned run over six innings. He still had three K's over with no hits and his, no walks stuff, in that yeah, first. His stuff just wasn't the same. It really was sure. not. This was a team that was already out of playoff contention with their ace. I just don't see any reason why they wouldn't just want to get him out there and let him do whatever he needed to do um, and let him throw against actual competition. So I don't, I don't really read into it quite so much. Um, I think with the entire offseason to deal with the lack of sticky ball, that's going to be fine. Um, I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw more innings out of Bieber um, like if we're breaking down all the different categories, more innings out of Bieber, Orias probably walks away with more wins because of the team. But I don't know. Even with the fastball being what it is, he's been able to have so much success with where he puts it at the bottom of the zone just to set up that curveball and that slider or over the heart of the plate. Uh, I, well, I don't want to say so much success. It's not like it's been a dominant pitch. It's been like a pretty slightly below league average fastball. But I don't know if like he's had success doing that so it wouldn't be able to it wouldn't surprise me if he was able to continue to have success doing that uh that just seems to be his formula the way i see this i mean i'm not saying that bieber is gonna be bad for your team you know i'm trying to like get the idea like the spectrum of him being great versus not so great Mm -hmm. um and saying like look we gotta we gotta at least take into some you know how much probability should we be putting in that there's something not quite right with bieber still uh and the way I see it with Urias is like, no, Urias is really, really good. Uh, yeah. We don't think that Urias is going to be a detrimental asset in any way or anything like that, right? Like, we don't think he's going to be bad for you. Um, and with, with Bieber, I really want to harp on this. The last start, and again, I know I'm reading into a 50-pitch start, three innings. But it just kind of showcases Bieber a little, of like why I'm so scared. He only had three whiffs on 28 breakers thrown. Uh, which is not good. That's like a 10 to 12% swing to strike rate. And that's like yeah. the thing for him. And it wasn't just a fastball being as worse. It was like the whole thing was off. Now, that was in October, coming back from injury, all these circumstances that could equate to it. And that's a very excellent point. I think if I'm saying this on April 5th in his first start of the year, then we start getting a little bit worried. Yeah. But yeah, you have more time, and that's very fair. I'm not saying it's a 100% thing. But the fact that there is this makes me say, you know what, why why do I want to throw myself in the way of that chance when you have Urias, who's really, really good, and I expect him to be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to, to back up your answer, too, Urias is going three pitchers later. It's not much of a difference, but you could theoretically wait a little bit and get him. Uh, also, we are remaining consistent with our overall ideologies, which is safe. Um, well, no, uh, how we deal with one game. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, and I'm not saying that you see one game and all of a sudden you drastically reassess how you feel about a pitcher, but it's the same thing with Jesus Lazardo, right? And the way that he ended his season and how we're both both approaching that, right? Jesus Lazardo just absolutely dominated in that last uh, outing of season. I'm more willing to write that off. Um, but yeah, all right, let's move on to the second Would You Rather, which is another interesting one. So we have Robbie Ray, 48th overall, 16th pitcher off the board, versus Chris Sale, 57th overall, 19th pitcher off the board. Who would you rather? I'm a believer in Robbie Ray. Hmm. Um, I you'll, you'll see that I am next week. Uh, when I put out my rankings, yes, my top 200 will come out on uh, Tuesday next week. I have about 18,000 words left to write this week. So if I'm not much on Twitter, you can know why. (laughs) Um, And not to mention also leading the entire team to make sure that PL7 is smooth and good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just leave Nick alone for a little while. Yeah. So I I have a busy week, guys. Uh, But yeah, I also have to put out the first podcast of the Plus Pitch podcast, which will be a PL Plus exclusive. So if you don't have PL Plus right now, you're wondering, should I be getting it? That is a good reason to get it. So it's a 10 to 15 minute episode at the beginning of every morning uh, in season. I'll have many sprinkled through the uh, the preseason as well. Mm. Um, probably starting in March every weekday morning. Anyway, uh, Robbie Ray. Yeah, man, he did it for an entire season. He changed his approach. He did it super well. You know, this wasn't a, like the old Robbie Ray was really good for like a month. 
mm. for like six weeks and then would go back down again. No, Robbie Ray is just really good. He's in a better situation now. He's going away from Toronto to Seattle, which is much better as far as suppressing, uh, you know, his ERA. And the ninety percent left on base rate, sure, that's not going to stick. I don't, you know, expect exactly the same ratios, but I expect still excellent ones or very good ones. And I expect the volume to be there, and I expect the strikeouts certainly to be. While on the other side, it's of Robbie Ray is Chris Sale. Yeah. Who wasn't the same. Velocity was down when he came back this year. Uh, Changeup wasn't as effective as far as hitability. His slider is still very good. It wasn't this overwhelming swing strike rate pitch that we've seen before, but it was still very good for him. And I think that Chris Sale would be a good one with these momentary bursts of excellence. But he's not Chris Sale of 2016. Mm. Right? That guy is gone. That was six years ago. We have to acknowledge this. And I see Robbie Ray as someone that has figured things out. And it's not like, again, it's not one of those quick blips. Like the entire season, he did the thing. Yeah. I don't know why he would go away from the thing now. I find it interesting that every single projection system has Chris Sale with a better ERA. That That is actually shocking to me. That, that's uh, not to me because of, you know, they, they, they take more of three-year history. Yeah, sure, but three year twenty nineteen, Chris Sale had a four point four ERA. Uh, yeah, he did, but he was hit. Oh man, do you remember like watching Chris Sale pitch in the beginning? Every of that start, year, how terrified we were of how he Every just start. was not exerting himself. <laughs> Every start, I was. Uh-oh. I believe he had a start. The first start in twenty nineteen was again. Was it against the Mariners in um, like ninety two or something? Like, yeah, it was against the Mariners. Yeah, man. it was. <laughs> It was against the Mariners in Seattle. I remember vividly watching ESPN and being like, he just, need, he just, needs, he just needs another inning to warm up, right, guys? And then seven yeah. earned runs later, he was gone. Um, I do also <laughs> find it that surprising that the bat, I don't know if anyone's gotten on Cardi about this yet, that the bat has Robbie Ray with a 418 ERA, wow. uh, which is a bananas, which is far and away the, the largest. I mean, I could see regression to a mid three, but that's implying that it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, from from Robbie Wright, which I kind of think is interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of who I would rather go for here. Uh, a, I do think it's very surprising that they're only two years apart in age. For some reason, Chris Sale to me is 48 and Robbie Ray is like 29. Uh, that's not the case. They're 32 and 30. Um, they're so close that I would probably, yeah, I guess, oh, man, I have to just bite, eat my words from last year and just go ahead and go with Ray. There's no, if I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, any complaint that I had about him, about the hitability of his fastball, the home run problems that he had have to subside because he did it. He did it over the course of a full year, like, right. The, year, the, the numbers, yeah. The numbers show that he did it. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm with so, you on that. I, so, I, okay. So as you're saying this, all I'm thinking is like, oh man, I can't wait until I see Alex Fast's top 100 starting pitchers for 2022. Mm-hmm. When do you think we'll see it? Let me go get Kristen. <laughs> let me, yeah, guys, let me go keep get in Kristen. Mind, um, Alex Fast has been going through a lot of great changes in his life. Yeah. That has occupied his time a lot. Uh, would you like if- to explain what those are? Yeah, well, we, yeah, I mean, we, we just moved halfway, we, not halfway, we just moved literally across the country, uh, started a new job with many more responsibilities and have a child. Oh, yeah. And have a child on yeah. the way. Our first child. Yeah. Uh, was it opening I, day was a opening was end of March. Yep. Uh, <laughs> end of March. We, anywhere between March 25th and April 1st. There's a lot of weirdness with the due date. Uh, I have just this weekend is the fir- uh, uh, so much to build. We moved into a place that's much bigger, luckily, and I have to build an entire baby room. Um, so I'll say this. I w- if anyone wants to go fund me uh, to create <laughs> as many task rabbits as possible to build what is an unprecedented amount of baby stuff, yeah, um, then I can get you a top 100 uh, or at least commit to a date. But um, anyway, March 20th, let's re- guys, you'll get it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that, I was way too. I, I, that's very generous. That's I, very I think, generous. <laughs> I think as soon as we have a date, I might do it like this. As soon as we have a date for the start of the season, I'll release it at least a week before that. Maybe two, maybe three. 
Yeah, give give people the time to actually you know respond to Use it, it and draft. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, well, let's see if we can set that date first, but I just can't wait until I'm Kristen's in labor. And I'm like, babe, so we got like Bryce Wilson at like 94. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Just, just going to punch yeah, me the thing. You know, if she's in labor, you'll be in labor drafting. Okay. All Very right. good. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we get to some more puns and the remainder, the remainder of the, uh, of the would you rathers, we're going to take a quick second for an ad break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. I got real excited about this next one as I was looking it up um, because I think it's kind of an interesting choice. There's a few actually on here where I'm like, these are, I think I'm, I'm excited to, to ask these questions of Nick. And the first one is mm. Jack Flaherty, pick 74, pitcher 27, versus Trevor Rogers, pick 91, pitcher 34. Are you taking Flaherty here or are you going to wait around and take Rogers? So, okay. So, so you're, you're saying it in the way of, like the difference of the picks, right? You're you're saying it's 17 picks later, so essentially the next round, not at the same spot. Mm-hmm. If you're debating between Flaherty and Rogers, yeah. Or would you rather wait one more round to get Rogers? Yeah. If you had, like, let's say you're in that round, whatever corresponding that that round is, mm-hmm. and you need your you need a pitcher. Are you saying? Ah, I really got to grab, grab Flaherty because I don't like what's behind him. Or are you thinking like, I can let Flaherty go because I think I'll be fine with Trevor Rogers. Okay. So first of all, I'm happy with Flaherty as my first pitcher. And then I'll grab my grab Trevor Rogers as my second. <laughs> okay. So you're, uh, yeah, no, that, I mean, Jack Flaherty is the one I'm going to go with. Um, I, I think there's a lot more security with Flaherty than I, I think he's getting credit for. Mm. I, in my, in my head, I see just Jack Flaherty as someone who's produced at a high level since 2019. Um, 2020 was very weird. COVID got in the way of stuff. And then 2021, uh, he had, uh, I believe, an oblique injury. Um, I sent him back a couple months, and that was... And then he came back in relief, and the Cardinals like, let's just... You know, they tried to push him too hard a little bit, qu- too quickly, had shoulder inflammation. They're like, you know what? We're just going to slow you down. And essentially use you as relief for the rest of the year. Because the Cardinals kind of at that point didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs or not. And then had this stupid mm-hmm. run. And they handled him well, I think, to just make sure that everything was fine and not risk it. So the way I see it is that Flaherty's ready to go to be another 180 innings, whatever, with the best defense. And I got to say, yeah. one, yeah. one yeah. knock I think we've had on Flaherty is that we don't expect the Babips to continue but when it's the Cardinals, you do, you know, it's yeah. like the team that you say, you know what? Yeah, he's probably going to be OK with Babbitt. So I, I'm all a fan. I'm just a huge fan of Jack Flaherty. I think the whip is going to be good. I think the ERA is going to be good. I think the strikeout, I mean, three, five with a one ten and twenty six, twenty seven percent K rates at one hundred seventy innings. Like sign me mm. up here. I'm all for that. I know more people are worried about the injury history. But, I mean, then you compare that to, to Rodgers, which is a round later. And I trust me, I really like Rodgers. Uh, uh, fastball, I think that he does a really good job of jamming inside the right-handers. It's an excellent pitch. Kind of reminds me of Woodruff. Just like, this is a good foundation that is going to be there. Change-up misses bats. It's a good put-away offering. The yeah. slider is the questionable pitch. Um, one that we hope will become that constant strike-getter. Maybe develop into a whiff pitch. But it's really just there to get extra strikes for him. And the second half last year, I mean, pretty much post-sticky stuff. I don't think that's really what made Rodgers great. But it was more of a personal matter that pulled him from the game. And he was on the bereavement yeah. list. And then it was it was a tough time for him. Uh, so I think that's all removed. Trevor Rodgers in a good position. You know, you could say even a tiebreaker goes to Flaherty because the fact that Rodgers 
is on the Marlins, so wins are still a thing, and that might be harder to get. I, uh, but I think the ability of Rogers is great. You'll be very happy with him, and I don't think the risk is that high of an implosion there. So I like both of these guys. It's just Flaherty to me is a rock. Like you get him, you're gonna be happy with it. I I was a little bit surprised in digging at this that actually Flaherty had the better fastball and Rogers had the better slider. Uh, by oh, Woba and WRC plus, uh, and they were both kind of yeah. I because I really would have if I was a betting man, I would not have bet that at all. I would have thought that Rogers would have had the better heater. Um, so, so WRC plus and Woba, that's essentially ending at bats. Yeah. So that makes me wonder if Flaherty just throws it more in those situations that you know, maybe turn into more walks in those situations, or just in general threw it enough so that there was enough damage done to it. While Rogers in those situations that are tougher leaned away from it. That's, that's yeah. my instinct there. It, it could, yeah, there could be a lot of circumstantial things that lead to those results happening, and that's definitely better analysis than like just looking at those raw numbers. I think I actually, I mean, I have to stay consistent. I think I do go with Rodgers. Um, I, I don't know if I buy into, I guess I still want to see more curveballs from Jack Flaherty and make it seem like that's a more legitimate part of his arsenal, whereas I like that, Trevor Rogers is a legitimate three pitch pitcher. I do like that. He can go fastball change up slider. Whereas I still think Jack Flaherty at the end of the day is just a four seam slider kind of guy. I definitely agree that it's time for me to come to terms with the fact that the fastball Babips are never going to regret, never going to truly regress. As you said, because that infield defense is always going to be a top three infield defense. Um, I still think those injury concerns are still there for, for Flaherty. So I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year, they end up with the same amount of innings. So I don't know. I think I'll go with, with Rogers. All right. Well, I, I hope that's right. Cause that means Rogers is dope. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that would be a lovely thing. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for having Trevor Rogers on my teams. I mean, remember how good he was in that first half. Seriously. He just dominated. And it was really that second half where he didn't go six innings since the end of June, the entire rest of the way. I think that's gets corrected as Miami just lets them fly. Uh, let's move on to another one that I thought was going to be a difficult choice for you. Maybe hopefully a little bit more difficult than the one I just presented, which is Alec Manoa pick 96 uh, 34th pitcher off the board versus Zach Gallen about 40 picks later at 133 and the 48th pitcher off the board. Man, I mean, I love all these guys. This is I, I seriously am, I'm so tempted to do what I normally do, which is go hitters the first five, six rounds, and then just go starter after starter for four to five rounds. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, surprise. I mean, it, there's look, imagine you can get Flaherty, Rogers, and Manoa and Gallon or something. Do you feel good with yeah. that staff? I do. I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, because if, if we're going by this ADP, I think it would be tough for you to get them back to back unless you were on the horn, right? Very, like, very fair about like yeah, Rogers and Manoa being so close to each other, you're only going to get one, not two of them. Yeah, but uh, at the very least, two of Flaherty, Rogers, and Manoa, and then throw in Gallon, who's separated by a lot. There's someone in the middle that I'm sure that I like, like Shane mm-hmm. McMahon or something. Yes, um, there, and there you go. Like I feel really great with that, you know, because I think all these guys are just super fun. And that also leaves me open for some of the later ones we're going to talk about that we can take some chances on, and it's just. It's super fun time pitching with Nick Pollock, and I have six amazing hitters already. You yeah, know? so that's where my head is at. But but that's not what we're doing for. Would you no. rather? Yeah. So no, yeah, we're gonna. I love Alec Manoa. Um, Zach okay. Allen. I, wow. You guys know me. I'm a Gallon gal. Um, I'm gonna be looking at him a lot around 133. I think that's more the more interesting guy at that time. Um, but I so heavily believe in both Manoa's slider and his four seamer slash sinker. Uh, I really think those pitches are just phenomenal. Um, and th- there's also this chance that Manoa develops a changeup that we saw in the mm-hmm. debut. That I, I always mention that. I don't know what it is. I saw him in the debut. I was like, oh, my God. He has three pitches he could do at yeah. any time. And then the changeup never shows up again. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was it. Casey, a bye. You know, I felt like it was a bait and switch there. But the slider is unbelievably filthy. I mean, I don't know if you heard it with uh, the the Rob Freeman, Mark Luino, and David Mendelson panel during PitchCon, but Freeman was like, yeah, Alec Manoa learned his slider apparently from like one of my grips, and like, that's one of my favorite pitches in the game. It's filthy. I'm like, damn straight, it's so filthy. Mm. Oh, that, that's a dang, by the way. That's a D-A-M-G. Dang. 
Ding. Mm. <laughs> Close. Dang Almost straight. got him. Ding straight. Yeah. Dang. Uh, it's anyway. So, uh, Alec Manoa to me, I know Toronto is a scary place to pitch. Uh, considering they're in Toronto, it's not a favorable thing for pitchers, and the AL beast is a thing. But Manoa is actually like really good at all the stadiums last year, and I just think the ability transcends those elements. So I'm I'm all for the Alec Manoa train. All right, I think I'd wait. I think I would. I think I'd probably go Gallon solely because I think there's more room for him to, if if not by nature that he's 40 picks later, more room for him to outperform that pick than there is mm. for Manoa. You know oh, what I mean? That's an interesting point. There there uh, there is a farther way to go though. Um, Gallon's changeup and cutter, and really curveball to an extent, were not the pitches of old last year. Totally, but didn't he? Wasn't he also like an, an you know uh, an arm bones connected to the wrist bone connected? Like he just worked his way down the entire kinetic chain of injuries. Yeah, it was what was it the the forearm into the into a hamstring injury, and then there was. Was, I think it's just those two. Maybe there's a shoulder in there. I, I, th- I think there was another. Yeah, I think there was something else in there. I don't know. I'm I'm betting more a little bit more on the bats back. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do want to get to this next one because there's another one that I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on. Uh, a guy that I think you might have. I think if I recall correctly, you've ch- admittedly changed your tune on a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had no problem with your analysis on him at any point. But I think you said, like, Aww. I'm actually thinking differently about this person <laughs> now. Uh, and that's Chris Bassett at pick 140, pitcher 51 versus Clay. Clayton Kershaw, 186, picks uh, pitcher 70 off the board. Yeah. Um, so Chris Bassett has a strikeout pitch in his four-seamer that I didn't know about before. Oh. Because our old player pages had fastball as one thing. And now they're going to be separated. I can say this openly now. This is so great. Four-seamer oh. and sinker are separated because it's all coming from StatCast. So I so well, you know, you're able to see like, oh wait, it's like a 15% swing strike rate on his four seamers. That's really good, mm. um, and that makes me understand Bassett more, who essentially is a kitchen sink guy. Otherwise, all of his secondaries, none of them are elite. He just kind of goes with stuff randomly uh, to kind of figure out his day. It's not random, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. like the curveball is like the big called strike pitch and stuff. Uh, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that, but. Anyway, with Bassett, it just seems like a nice floor guy. If I'm in a situation in draft and somehow all of the young ones that I want to go for getting pushed up so far past that I expected, and I go, man, I need a fourth that I can really depend on through the year. All right, Bassett, come on down. You're my guy. Mm-hmm. Now, if I feel comfortable with my staff and I'm like, I don't really need to do that and I want to really shoot for something cool, I'll go with Clayton Kershaw instead. Because Kershaw, at least the, the innings that I get, I don't believe will be bad. I think mm. on a per-inning basis, Kling Kershaw should be better than Chris Bassett. It's yeah. just about figuring out your, uh, you know, what you need for your team. Um, and if it's a scenario where it's like, hey, you know what? Like, I'd rather go for a, a luxury fun one. I would go for Kling Kershaw if I want to be a little safer. i go with Bassett. Ker- Kling Kershaw throwing 50% sliders is just <laughs> tremendous. It's insane. I, I I posted about this last week. It was the fifth highest slider total since like 2010 overall. <laughs> and it's it's it, the thing is normally when you throw more of a pitch, it gets worse. And nope, Kershaw's slider is still just stupid good. Yeah, I, this is an interesting conversation to have too because in many ways the past couple of years, in many ways, not all. Chris Bassett is not Clayton Kershaw, but they've been similar. They haven't compiled a lot of innings, right? 144 for Bassett in 2019, then uh, 157 last year. They've done a great job expressing ERA. It kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm happy he's okay. (laughs) It does seem like truly, it it took me, all you have to do is play one softball game before you realize how incredibly awful that experience You talked about this with the Nick and Alex baseball show. (laughs) Like, you're terrified of softball now. I'm not terrified of it. It's just uh, <laughs> I can see like how terrifying it can be. Anyway, yeah, um, I, I want I want video of it. We'll ask I'll ask Chris or whoever. Uh, my buddy Daniel. You know, well, that'll that'll be a little harder to get than triplets. <laughs> um, that's for sure. I, I think I would. Um, uh, the point that I was trying to make is they they kind of are similar in those ways. I I definitely could see a world where Bassett gets more innings than Kershaw does this year. Oh, yeah. I don't even think it is dependent on where Kershaw lands either. Not even innings, just his overall performance. Kershaw is going to be who Kershaw is regardless of where he is. Right. Um, 
So, yeah, I, but I think it's a very valid point too of like, if you are loaded up with guys who you think can be more like your Lance Lynn's, you're like bedrocks of innings. then I think it is nice to go with Clayton Kershaw. Um, Cause again, I mean, I think quality of inning is going to be better with Kershaw. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a, there's there? a case to be made that you should always take bass. It doesn't matter um, because that's just going to help you out more, you know, mm-hmm. theoretically. Uh, but who knows? It's not, it's not death sentence for Kershaw. He's just going to go on no. innings or something. That's a, yeah. Um, okay, well let's let's talk about two guys next who are injured or rec- uh, coming back from Tommy John, uh, pretty far apart yeah. in ADP, which was kind of a surprise to me. And that's Justin Verlander, one hundred and nine pitcher, forty one off the board. Mike Clevenger, near pick two hundred, and pitcher seventy two off the board. You're gonna like these those guys. Answer. You're gonna go with. Cle- it doesn't surprise me. I'm with you. You're gonna go with Clevy. Well, because they both have the same question mark. Yeah. You know, they're both of like, well, they're coming back from Tommy John. And hey, they're both essentially top 20, top 15 pitchers if they pan out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's obviously more convincing for Verlander than it is Clevenger. But still, Clevenger's a really good pitcher. Uh, but we don't know what the, we're going to see. So I'd rather, especially with that heavy of a risk, I'll take the one at 197 instead of 109. I mean, I, I get why there's that gap. Because, again, Verlander could theoretically be top five. Mm-hmm. Considering he's, he's going to be you know up there in age, and they're not going to say, like, oh, no, off of Tommy John, only 140 innings for you. They're going to go, all right, maybe we'll slow you down in April a little and then like ramp you up slightly. But the time May hits, like, all right. Go get, I don't know, 180 innings in the final five months, right? Like something yeah. stupid like that. So, I, I get the I get the idea as to why there's this gap, but because of that inherent risk, I'll take the later one. If you're if you're conf- if you can theoretically in a world confuse a pitcher's ADP and their age, yeah, I then right I, then now. you get scared, <laughs> like because I was like, is I did the same thing. <laughs> Like that's that's like that's scary to me. Like it says forty one next to Justin Verlander. I was like, oh, is that his age? That's 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 the pitcher off the board. But I was like, oh yeah, forty one. Okay, he's thirty eight. <laughs> that's just crazy too. Like you could actually pause and think, like, oh yeah, he's he's. I always say like, if a baseball player is older than me, then something could go wrong. Um, <laughs> we're just getting to that part of our lives. So I'm with you. I take Clevenger there too. This next one. Oh God, this is like a Sophie's choice for oh, the ages for Nick Pollock. This is get out of here. Kidding? This is such John a means two twenty six pitcher eighty six Josiah Gray uh, sixty picks later two eighty three pitcher one oh four. Oh, absolutely, John means absolutely. John, it's not even okay. a question to me. Really, I, I, I just I just wrote it. Well, I mean two twenty six. Okay, mm-hmm. so so keep in mind. I'm once again here for 12 teamers. What's up? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. That's like what the 18th round or something like that. Sure. And it's getting close, like the final four or five picks. Theoretically, Josiah Gray, I could pick up on the wire after because he's a 283 mm-hmm. and he goes to 276 in your standard drafts. So, I mean, John means it's essentially like well, my point here is that it's very close to being the same exact cost. It's not sure. It, it seems relatively the same at this point. And John Means, well, I don't think uh, if you have John Means on your team this year, when you look at the end of the season, yes, the ERA could be around four. You know, it could mm-hmm. be a little bit worse than that. If the home runs are still very much a problem, the uh, the BABIP isn't as favorable. I mean, I think it was around like 240 last year for him, The uh, which we don't expect to stick around. Uh, the, the home run rates are actually kind of what we expect. I think it was an 18% home run five ball rate. But then again, the offense are going back, whatever. Whatever you want to say, the whip is still going to be excellent because he had a 4.4% walk rate last year. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily sub five, but I, that's not going to double up to like eight plus or so. Mm-hmm. So that means the whip will still be good. And the problem with means is not hits allowed. It's just that there were home runs. Yeah. So you're still going to get a great whip on this. You're going to get a lot of strikeout volume, too, because I think he's just going to pitch the entire year for the O's. He averaged about 90 pitches a game last year. I don't see why that wouldn't change, if not slightly even go up um, next year. And by the way, pitches per game is going to be in the tables on our site now. Innings per game and pitches per game. Love it. Not per start. I want to make it even for, like, relievers, too. So, But, yeah. Ah, 
so happy about that. Anyway, um, so John Means, changeup that was great. High strike rates on it, wasn't hit too hard. Uh, fastball that was fine, which I think can be better. We saw it better in 2020. Maybe that velocity comes back a little bit. Curveball, which was really good at getting strikes over a 20% called strike rate. Really nice shape to it, hard to hit. And a slider that actually hints at uh, whiff ability. Mm. All this stuff is just speaks to me as the only detriment may be that it's a four year right, but the whip and the and the win total. I'll give and you the wins, yeah, absolutely. Strikeouts and whip are going to be great. And I'm not going to say that he has a bad year right. Like that, that I think is not a given. Like mm. There is actually a good chance I think that means can be beneficial in either way. Meanwhile, Josiah Gray has a lot of command issues, and he still has to figure that out. I'm so excited about the potential. But I could see myself drafting Josiah Gray and dra- dropping it within two weeks. I'm not dropping John Means. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think uh, John Means has shown what he can be. I mean, through a perfect game, Josiah Gray uh, can. Um, wow, I love it. You let me finally do it. I got you at the perfect moment. I have no idea. You there, what's Nick? Going on here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you looked here. away. You looked away for two seconds. Yeah. You looked down at your phone, and now everyone knows the truth, Nick. What's everyone that? knows i said it everyone knows you might just have to listen back to it yourself that john means through a perfect game and there was just beautiful silence after oh, no. as if it was an igno- i gave you yeah, exactly. seconds fast this you get, is what's going it was, on it was I am, amazing I am a week away for, i know and, and i know all i'm these, not I, I, right now i'm getting messages from the team ensuring that there isn't some emergency that but i need you to need, hang on to this is this is my relentlessness oh. you need to be the voice of the people because they're I because love, of that which you, you know. better not edit which I you love, better I'm not, not edit. editing any of this i i know I, that you it, it is calming to me that you know you're wrong well it's you just know? funny to me that like there's you're gonna be so some wrong. listener who's like John means to a perfect game because they didn't have the voice of the people to jump yeah, in and say he I didn't know. do it. What a bit uh, fast that you just, it. it's, the, it's the one element of dishonesty you give to the people. I love it. I absolutely love it. What was it again? Uh, it was what? Catcher's interference? No, what, it, it was, uh, it was, it was something so ridiculous. It was Maybe something inane. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, I think it was a drop. No, it wasn't a drop third strike. Uh, yeah, you it was. It was a drop this. third strike. It was. It was a drop. Well, I don't need to know it because I know he threw a perfect game. Yeah, um, God. John Means has proved it. Josiah Gray <laughs> has the upside and hasn't done it over the course of a full season. I love it. I live for those. I please, if you, if anyone out there for a second was like, did John Means do that? Uh, please let me know because that will make my day. <laughs> what have you uh, done? Uh, last but not least, you, uh, you monster. Waskari <laughs> uh, Noah picked 244, pitcher 88 off the board versus Jesus Lizardo, 291, 108, 108th pitcher off the board. I mean, it's another easy one for me. Uh, it has to be Waskar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've yeah. expressed my intrigue about Jesus Lizardo. Okay. And I think it's something about, especially again, 291 not being drafted. You know, he's someone that if you're in a league where it's super aggressive and you're at the end of your draft and he's there and he's the only one that's decent left, you go, okay, fine. guess this is the guy I'm taking a chance on. I I don't necessarily want to. I kind of want to wait and see for a start or two. But then again, mm-hmm. Jesus Lazardo looks dope in the first one. You got to act quickly. Um, and being dope would be uh, lots of curveballs, lots of changeups, and a four-seamer that is not getting hit. Um, that's And not sinkers. Don't throw sinkers, Jesus, please. Yeah. Uh, but Wasker did it for two straight months, and then he hurt his hand and didn't quite get back into rhythm. I mean, we see this all the time. Guys get hurt in season, and they lose the sparkle that they had at the beginning of the year, and then they sure. get it back, you know? And it's just kind of injuries take time, and they take time to recover fully and everything. And I think Wasker and Noah is more like the guy who was dominant for two months than he was when he returned. I mean, that yeah. that's as simple as that to me when he was dominant. I mean, it was a slider that is filthy and he throws 50% of the time. And then when he was on, I mean, I watched some of these starts again. Waskari, no, it's not like, it's not bad command of of a fastball. I mean, I think I'm going to look at him with VAA. I think that might be an explanation as to it's more hittable than we would like it to be. Mm. But he's hitting the corners a lot at like 98 or something. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just beautiful. So that compare with uh, pair with the slider is so good and he's going to be starting for Atlanta all the time. He's their number four. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm in. You're right. That was an easier one than I thought. thought I could end on a gotcha like, look, and you're right. Look it. at this right now. If I drafted Jack Flaherty, Alec Manoa, Zach Gallen, 
Then uh, let's go with John Means and Waskari Noah. And Clevenger. Uh, with some Clevenger in there. Um, then and, you, you, yeah. You know, probably throwing a Shane McClanahan in between Manoa and Gallon. And that's just me using this ADP to just like pick one off and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's 12-teamer rotation. And you're saying it's wild, but then that opens the door for me to get five to six hitters at the beginning. There's probably one or two in the middle yeah. there between Gallon and Clevenger. I like getting closers and the other hitters that I need. That seems so much fun. <laughs> I can throw yeah, it no, to that, Hudson at the end if I, he has a good first start or something like that. I'm saying it's wild because you could, like you said, you could go six rounds without taking a pitcher and end up with Flaherty, Manoa, Gallon, Clevenger, you know, you know, uh, and and Verlander. Like yeah, I could it, do that it's, if I wanted to. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. That's this is, this that's is, pretty wild. Remember my prediction last year, fast that next year we talk about how much depth there is at pitching. <laughs> yeah, and we're already there. I mean, that's always the fun. Yeah, every year, every year it's just deep, guys. Every year pitching is deep. Believe it. You're not drafting a best ball. Be ready to get the Carlos Rodon and Robbie Ray off the wire. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing. League. Every year we talk about how deep pitching is, and then every year there's always at least one guy who isn't even on anyone's top 200 yeah. list that breaks the top 50. And it's but like, it's, that's it's how like deep it is. There's 10 guys. It's like, it's yeah, like yeah. 10 guys that break it, you know? That's what's crazy. It's so yeah, fun. Carlos Rodon last year was a, a broken man that no one would even think about touching anymore. It's crazy. He's not tendered. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right, that will do it then for this episode of Would You Rather, episode number 301 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and enjoy PL7 mm. and the top 100 starting pitchers. I mean, the podcast, it's going to be like the top, what, 10, and we'll do like, we'll, f- we'll figure it out. <laughs> and I'll talk to I you guys. Like to think of this. <laughs> it's like an all one hyphenated answer like well you you you, you, sh- you cut it short quickly okay i did i apologize well i know you're a busy it. man you said you're yeah, busy that's true and i'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week <laughs>